With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Pop and Fracture Powered by Touchline Media Group. I am your host, Chris, and I today I am joined by Marco and Fahi. Uh, and we also have a special guest, if you are watching on YouTube. We are joined by James, a.k.a. at Tiago's589 on Twitter. James, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm real good. Thank you very much for having me here. I am really excited for this show. It's been a long time coming to certain people in the chat know, but <laughs> finally, finally, you have got Tiago's father, 89, from the Red Sea pod, come down to shut down. Cop time. We're here. We're here. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so excited. Like, I'm actually buzzing for this. Buzzing. It's what we like to hear. You know, we're, we're as happy to have you on as you are to be here as well. Uh, Fahi, Marco. How are you, lovely gentlemen, doing this evening? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm nice to see some familiar faces. Marco, I saw you the other day. Had, had had good vibes on Friday night. James, you know, I just jumped on your pod two weeks ago. Now you're here on mine. So, yeah, happy days, man. And Chris, obviously, your beautiful pa- face. Pause. You know, no, nice to see you as always. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's the face that pays the bills around Cop End. Uh, Mark, how are you doing, bruv? Yeah, man, it's good to be here, man. Looking back on some good news for all of us. Like, it's just nice to see everybody have some nice vibes. We'll have a great pod, innit? It's been a good week for everything uh, Copper related, you know, personally and professionally on, on the pod. So, yeah. It's been a, it's been pretty good, pretty good, pretty good time to be a Copman Pod member. Uh, before we do get stuck into, stuck into things, uh, let us kind of get some stuff out of the way. Uh, of course, if you do like what you hear on this pod, then please do subscribe to the Copman Frackers Patreon page. From as three pound per month, you'll get access to some of the greatest LFC content available on the interweb. Um, you know, no bias here. It just is really good stuff. Uh, as you saw from what we had on last week's pod, uh, the transfer game that is one of our flagship. Uh, series for this summer. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I've got one of the participating members on the episode with me today in Fahi. Um, and, uh, you know, he did a pretty good job. I think Marco also did a very good job with his team as well. He did a better um, job. I won't lie to you still. Fuck <laughs> all that grueless talk, man. <laughs> But to find out how Marco did, you're going to have to subscribe to the Patreon. So do head over to www.patreon.com forward slash copyandfrackers and subscribe from just as little of as £3 today. And of course, this episode of Cop and Fracas is proudly sponsored over by our partners at Fanslide. That's right, Fanslide is back empowering your fantasy football experience for this summer's Euros. Uh, for those who are a little bit new to the podcast, you're probably wondering, what the hell is Fanslide? Well, Fanslide is the world's first live and in-play fantasy football game with no long-term commitment. You can play in one-off matches that you'll be watching live anyway, and their real-time updates are supported by the good people from Opta. You can slide players in and out whenever you think a strong 50 minutes is on the cards and earn those points. But most importantly, get them in in key moments so you can beat your mates and claim the bragging rights in your group chat. And speaking of bragging rights in the group chat, Fahi, um, were you fans sliding over the weekend? Yeah, I was. I was. I didn't do very well. But, but <laughs> as, you know, as you know, the news that came out this week, they have doubled the refer a friend bonus. So now that means if I invite James on and he wins, I get double the referral money. How amazing is that? I ain't trying to help it's you. Ins- 
Anyways, Mark. Do your thing. Help me win Scratch my back first. It is a huge win-win situation, as Farhi said. You know, with fans like extremely generous referral program. If you do refer a friend from within the app and they win. Uh, on that specific match, Fanside will give you what was half. They will give you, they will fully match. That's right, they'll fully match the winning amount. So you're going to want to get on that ASAP and refer as many as your friends as possible. Also, be sure to search for Touchline Fracas, all one word within the app, and add us as a friend to be with a chance of winning a football shirt during the knockout stages of the competition, which are rapidly approaching. Um, the total price part for this has been over £10,000. So, you know, you're going to want to get the spreadsheets out. You're going to want to do all the data analysis you can to get in with a chance of winning a portion of that prize. So head over to the App Store today, search Fanslide, and download and get in on the action. Fanslide, don't just watch the game. Play the game like Triple H. Now we've got that out of the way, we can talk about all the things Liverpool-related. Um, and it was, you know, we, we normally plan this show on a Monday morning. Um, and on this Monday morning, we were sitting there thinking, what the fuck are we going to talk about? Because there's nothing going on. As we know, Liverpool likes to move a little bit in silence. James, you, you can attest to this as well. During this time of the year when Liverpool kind of, you know, they've got nothing going on, you're there thinking, bloody hell, what are we going to do for content? But thankfully, Mr. James Pierce of The Athletic and all the other Liverpool journalists have blessed us with some lovely information that we can talk about on this week's pod. So we're going to start off by talking about the grizzled young veteran himself, Mr. Nathaniel Phillips, and it's come out today that Liverpool will potentially be open to selling that Phillips for the right offer, and there's been um, interest from clubs such as Brighton and Burnley. Um, the Burnley one is the most obvious thing ever known to man. Um, the one thing you probably call, you, you would have called it out as soon as he headed like his first ball, you think, yeah, he heads the ball like a player from Burnley does. Um, so James, I'll, I'll start off with you, being, being, being a humble guest on the pod. When it comes to Nat Phillips, do you think he should leave Liverpool at this at this present time to kind of further his career, building on for the phenomenal way that he ended the season and stepped up so well within the team? I mean, let, let's throw it back a little bit with Nat Phillips. We look at the trajectory of his career so far. If you had spoken to him at the beginning of, you know, season just passed and said, you're going to play the amount of games that you've played, you, he would have he turned around and said, nah, never going to happen. In front of him, he's got Virgil. In front of him, he's got Gomez. You know, Matip in front of him as well. Or, or arguably, Reese Williams was ahead of him because Reese Williams was still at the club while he was sent out on loan to a second-tier Stuttgart. So yeah. I think that his sort of emergence and his rise has been meteoric in comparison to where he had anticipated it to be. Do I think it's the right time for him to move on from the club? I, I do. I think it's only fair. You know, this season has almost been a shop window for him to go out and get the move that he deserves and actually go out and play regular first-team football at whatever level that might, be, that might be. We plucked Nat Phillips out of thin air. He was actually packed his bags and getting ready to jet off to, to America and play in the States when we signed yeah. Nat Phillips. So... I think it's only right for him to be able to forge a career out, whether it be at Burnley, they've been linked, Crystal Palace have, have been sniffing a little bit as well. We, we talk about Brighton potentially sniffing. Brighton could be on the look for, for defensive reinforce, reinforcements. If they're, if they're top, top draw, you know, Ben White decides to move on. Um, a player which I'm fond of, I think he's a decent centre-back with a lot of uh, 
you know, a lot of a lot of talent that can potentially kick on. And Nat Phillips could go in there and easily do a job. Easily. He, he, he's a decent player. So, yeah, let him go. Don't hold him back. Let him go. I couldn't agree with you more, to be honest with you. I mean, you say in terms of meteoric rises of football players, it's very rare that you kind of see someone, you know, kind of of his age, 23, 24, kind of really appear from thin air. You know, like you said, he was on loan at Stuttgart uh, for, for last season, brought him back for that weird cup game, which I thought was just really funny uh, the season before. Um, and, you know, he stepped up and he's, he's, he's done the job well and kind of just done all the basics of a centre-back quite quite phenomenally and, you know, helped us kind of get over the line and finish third this season. Um we put a poll. We I say we put a poll out. We we did a little bit of a Q and A uh, on the Copen account earlier on in the day, um, saying you know, should we hold on to Nat Phillips or should we sell him? Um, to say it was a mixed um, mixed bag of responses would be would be the the, the minimum thing to say. Fahi, I'm going to come to you on this. Um, do you think the kind of Liverpool perception from the average Liverpool fan is that Nat Phillips is slightly better than he is perceived to be? Oh, 100%. 100%. Um, listen, listen. Nat, Nat did a good job at a time where we really needed him to perform for us. Um, he got us over the line. He got us top four. But let's be real for a second. The type of football we were playing last season was absolutely atrocious. Dogs and of war football. It was literally, it was literally <laughs> yard dog football. That's, that's the level of football we were playing. And ultimately... If you want us to go back to the Liverpool of old, successful Liverpool of like 18 months ago, and you want to see that type of football, do you really see Nat Phillips fitting into that 11? At all. I cannot see it. I saw on Twitter today a bloke go, he should be starting alongside Virgil van Dijk. Silence. The silence says it all, doesn't it? That's what, the... <laughs> what, 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 how do you even like, can you, I can't can you tell comprehend. Can you please? Can you tell me where I can find this guy so I can blow up his Twitter timeline? I will send you this stuff. Honestly, yeah, I, I mean, can't comprehend people actually watching football and thinking, of all the defenders we have, Nat Phillips should start alongside Virgil van Dijk. For the life of me, I don't get it. Um, back to the question, though. Like, obviously, I think he should go. But this isn't, this isn't even about his ability. I think, really and truly, if you're looking at... Well, it is about his ability. If you're looking at all the centre-backs <laughs> with the squad, he is, other than Reese Williams, he is the worst one out of them. And ultimately, is he going to get game time? He's not young. He's 24, 25 years old, right? He's been around the block. Pause. He needs to go and play football. He really... Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to pause that. Um, he, he needs to play football. He doesn't want to sit on a bench. So I, I really don't understand why our fan base thinks that Nat Phillips would want to stay and be fourth slash fifth choice next season. Mm-hmm. Unless they actually think he's ahead of a Gomez or a Matip, which he isn't. It makes no sense. He's had a good end to the season. Um, he's got a year and a half or whatever left on his Connie. Sell him. Get a premium. Let him live his life at Burnley, uh, Brighton and all these other clubs that he's linked to. Everyone is happy. What more do you want? Completely agree. And it's one of those situations where he's kind of got the taste of playing uh, week in, week out, pause. Um, so you see what this this is what you do every week whenever you're on. We have to be extra vigilant with the pause police on the bloody pod. Um, you know, he's he's obviously got that, you know, hinkering for wanting to play week in, week out now. And he can, you know, he's he's proved that he can do a job at the top level uh, in terms of being a serviceable um you know, a serviceable centre back. But I, I think 
you know, we there was an interesting conversation that we had at uh, the NSA conversation. It was mainly Ellis putting through, putting through kind of a weak argument. And, you know, Ellis is my boy, and I hate to kind of dog him out like this, but he put a bit of a weak argument in terms of what the price potential price point would be um, for Nat Phillips. Um, James, I'm going to come back to you on this. Um, so Ellis, usually quite a rational person, but in, in, this, in this instance, he was saying that, you know, obviously we saw from Neil Jones that... Um, 50 million was around the floating price point that Liverpool are looking for from that Phillips. And I, th- I think that's one fair. Five, I mean, one five. One five. I think that's, okay. a, I think that's a reasonable price. Um, and I think you could definitely get him from the clubs that we said, you know, you look at Crystal Palace. They've got, I think, 14 players out of contract, which is insane. Mm. Uh, and are in, you know, in a little bit of a rebuild process. You look at Brighton, um, you know, they could bring him in. They could bring him in as a possible replacement from Ben White and then invest that money elsewhere. Potentially, you know, I say potentially, definitely in a number nine because, good Lord, the, you know, for a club that lives and dies on XG, um, they don't half slap it in the face at every single opportunity, um, and then you know, obviously you've got your Newcastle's and your and your Burnleys that you know are, are looking to kind of refresh their squads. But this man Ellis, yeah, he came up and said we should be looking for a fee of around twenty to potentially thirty million pounds for Nat Phillips. So as an outsider, I've given you that information. The context is behind it. What are your thoughts on that? And I'm gonna, then I'm going to let Fahi chime in straight after. <laughs> um. Do you know what? The market is such a volatile place. It's volatile. Yeah. Ultimately, let's throw it back. Look at 2010 when we went out and signed Luis Suarez, Andy Carroll, Stuart Downing, Jordan Henderson. We got absolutely annihilated. 35 million for Andy Carroll. Come on, bruv. When you're when you're a club that's in need, when you're a club that's in need, you will pay whatever it takes to solve that issue. Again, we saw it with some of our sales that we've made. Dominic Solanke to um to to Bournemouth. How did Edwards pull that off? Yeah, we look at Jordan Ibe to Bournemouth as well. The money they paid for him. How the hell did he pull that off? So, I don't think your boy Ellis is being too crazy with some of what he's saying there. I, I think it comes down to if the club, if that particular club is in need at that point, anything goes. Plus, you got English player tax. You're, you're, that's going to come into, regardless of if it's Nat Phillips or whoever, it's going to come into in, into the equation. So I would say 15 to 20 is probably where his his range is. It's 15 to 20. But I, I, can't, I can't see achieving into the 30s, but 15 to 20 is where I think he will be. I think that's fair. I think that's reasonable. Uh, Fahi, I'm going to let you do a little bit of rebuttal from what Ellis said earlier on. And then yeah, we're going no, to have the conversation to Mark. Yeah, no, I, I agree with what James is saying. And my my issue was not the 20 figure. 20 is the top end of mm. what we should be getting from that Phillips. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's when I saw 30 million. That's when I was like, whoa, <laughs> brother, chill out. Yeah, 30 million for a, million for a guy that's played half a season and can't run. It's a bit mad. Um, yeah, it... The thing is, you can bring all these comparisons of looking at similar defenders or like similar profiles or age ranges and how much they've gone for. But ultimately, you also need to look at the buying clubs. And I think with Phillips, you've got to look at the quality of clubs that are going after him. You can't go around and tell Burnley you want 30 million for Nat Phillips. They'll go elsewhere. Do you get what I mean? Like you can't you can't say that to Brighton. They will go elsewhere. So you have to be realistic. And 
even if Michael Edwards can get 15 million, I think that's an amazing deal. Agreed. Only because of if you consider where he was last season and what we were going to do with him last summer, loan him out to Swansea, I think. It was loan him out, wasn't it? I think he was... Was, was he going... I'm not too sure. I think he might have been going... Per, um, was, he out, was he out of contract? Was he out of nah. contract? So, so it, it automatically triggered an extension. So he had right. a year there, but because he played... I think it triggered another year. So I think there's another year left. Right, okay, but, okay, okay. Yeah, if, if you consider where Nat Phillips was and where we've got him to, if someone offers you 15 mil for him, that's an amazing deal. So, uh, yeah, that, that's the value I put him at. No, I think that's I think that's completely fair. Um, you know, it's interesting when you say you know when we're doing the the comparability around similar transfers. Uh, Mark, I'm going to come to you on this. It's something fairly interesting that Paul Gore said when we had him on the pod uh, not last week, the week before. Um, that how Liverpool did the valuation for the Rian Brewster uh, deal to Sheffield United was slimming, kind of surrounded by what Oliver Watkins did um, for Brentford in the Championship. So they did the comparable stats from, you know, Bruce's kind of second half with Swansea in that, in that season uh, to, and to, to Watkins for what he went for. So I think that's pretty interesting. So Mark, what, what were you thinking in terms of valuation for Nat Phillips? Um, I'm quite strongly with the belief that we should be looking for something in the range of 15 to 20. Um, when Ellis did say that 30 number, I was completely shocked. I do understand it though. So when we go back to course interview and he was talking about modeling Bruce's transfer around Watkins. Let's say Ben White is about to go for fifty million pounds. Um if Arsenal's stupid enough to pay him. He is a year younger than Nat Phillips. Nat Phillips, I believe, doesn't have the ceiling that Ben White does, but he has performed at a high level. Like he's performed for Liverpool, he's got Champions League appearances under his belt now. So when you look at it comparatively, 30 million compared to Ben White's 50 million isn't massive amounts of money but again we have to look at the clubs looking to buy i think he's probably going to end up at brighton as a replacement for ben white if he does move um brighton are not looking to spend 30 million on another center back in my opinion they've got other areas that they need to address especially going forward where they struggled last season and that will probably take up the majority of their transfer funds so to go and spend 30 million on the center back when overall the club will probably be spending about 80 million in transfers as a total and that's just an assumption based on how teams in the bottom half of the table tend to spend. They're not going to be spending 150 mil plus unless they are Aston Villa or something like that. But in terms of Brighton and what they're looking to spend, they probably would want a good brain centre-back that can come in and perform and do a job for about 15, 20 million pounds. Burnley will probably be looking at something like 15, 20 million pounds. Any newly promoted side would be looking at our fifth choice centre-back and we do also need to emphasise that he is our fifth choice centre-back so when people are looking at him they're not looking as taking a necessity from us they're looking as taking a um for lack of a better words a excess defender from us they're not looking at taking one of our key starting squads so yeah i think 15 20 million would be perfect for him especially considering what we were going to do with him last year. And I do like him. I like him a lot. Like, he's performed quite well for us. He's been a great servant for the club. And I would like to see him get some gains and further his career. So, Chris, just I think he's just what... No, no, just, go, go for it. Just, just food for thought here, yeah? Just another tact from looking at it. And, this, and these clubs are going to be mindful of the fee which they spend on a player like Nat Phillips because both clubs, Burnley and Brighton, have got players, centre-backs, which... 
potential they can sell. At Brighton, it's Ben White. At Burnley, it's James Tartofsky. He's been angling for a move for the last two years. Yeah, Both of those players are going to command a fee anywhere from 30 to 40, maybe even 50 million where Ben White's concerned. Yeah, So these these the, us as a selling club are going to know that they've got transfer funds. They've got money. Yeah, We know they've got money. So we're going to look to exploit that as best as we possibly can. This is where you may see 50 million plus add-ons, 20 million plus add-ons. And all of a sudden, the fees do start running into 25 million. Dare I say it, 30 million. If if they go and say, right, if if a Brighton or so even a Burnley qualify for Europe, which they've done, they're capable of doing it, Liverpool will turn around and say, well, we want an extra 5 million. If he helps you get to gets to Europe, we want five million. Before you know that becomes twenty. If you do sustained qualification, yeah, you're no, no, yeah. it becomes yeah. twenty-five million. So there's loads of different ways that these 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 transfers can be structured, especially when you're a club, which are in a position like we were again in 2010 when we sold um, uh, Fernando Torres. They knew we had money. They saw us coming. They knew we had money. So we paid. Big amounts of of transfer fees for players that were not just that were not worth it. We can exploit that in the same way. No, I completely agree. It's why we kind of move very much in silence in, in, in the transfer market, and we only brief on certain deals when they're either close to being gone. Can I just say one thing? Nat yep. Phillips to Brighton is the most ridiculous transfer of all time. I don't yeah, understand how, how anyone thinks that makes sense. <laughs> if you actually look at how Brighton play football and how Nat Phillips plays football. It does not work. Because I did a little bit of a comparison earlier. Even if you compare him to Lewis Dunk, Dunk is very good on the ball. Exactly. So it just doesn't make okay, sense. Let me, let me show my guy some belt here still. I feel like he's approved a bit on the ball. Oh, get it's out. Bit, it's not a lot. It's not a lot, but it's a bit on the ball. And seeing that improvement, he's only 24. Again. So, so when, Mark, when you say a bit, put it in a percentage. Okay, let me say... <laughs> Considering that, I thought he was on the ball prior. I would say 15. 15, 1, 5, 1, 5. Oh, okay. Okay, that's fair. I was going to say 15. That's not... When the level you're at is about 20% already, 15% is like 3% extra. Yeah, he's And when he's at a club like Brighton, they will expect him to improve going forward. Like I said, he is still quite young. And he still has a lot to learn in terms of being more composed on the ball and not just thinking clear at first. And with the right coach, I'm assuming it will still be Graham Potter because Spurs are stupid and they're not going to go for him. But if Graham Potter still is able to be there and coach him into that way of thinking, because when you do look at people like Lewis Dunk, Lewis Dunk should not be that good on the ball. I believe he's 6'7". Um, Dan Burns should not be that good on the ball. He's 6'7". He plays left back for them and still gets up and down the pitch and is good in all areas of the pitch. Those people traditionally should not be that good on the ball, but obviously you know, I, you know how I feel about the Dan Bird at left back thing. I think he's the greatest. <laughs> I think he's the greatest thing ever. He's just like this gangly figure, and for some reason he's like really so composed on the ball that he can get forward. It's, it's, it's honestly it's just the best. Listen, um, if Graham Potter can turn if Graham Potter can turn Nathaniel Phillips into a really good footballer, that guy is one of the best <laughs> coaches in the world, hands down. Because and that's not a disrespect to Nathaniel Phillips. He there's a type of defender he is, right? He's proper old school. Get your head yeah. on the ball first, push people out of the way, run at them. Like that is all he is. Like and you gotta respect it because that kind of defender's not around anymore. But 
Yeah, Brighton is not the fucking team for him, man. That's crazy. It's, Nat Phillips, I think I said it before, is the centre-back your dad will look at and say, that's a proper centre-back, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Gets stuck yeah, in, puts himself about. The Brighton yeah. thing could be really interesting because if he, if Potter could, you know, I think one of the things he did slightly improve on was his range of passing uh, as the season kind of 100%. went on. Um, I, I look at the Newcastle game at Newcastle where some of the balls he was playing were just going out of play as on the diagonals and it was it was diabolical but as obviously as the season progressed and obviously that's one of the things he's definitely been working on it did improve but yeah if if, if potter could you know develop it into a, a very serviceable center back with ball playing ability that would be that would be something whereas i think james that was a really good point earlier when you said the, the, the Tarskowski one because he's only got he's entering the last year of his deal so the incentive is definitely there for bernie to look to move him on um, and the most obvious place there just definitely looks like West Ham in terms of you know, they've had a prior interest before. They're in Europe now. They've got a little bit of money to throw about. So it just looks like that would be best for everyone involved. And Burnley, you know, it's, it's just a stereotypical thing to say, but Burnley is just the perfect place for him if he wants to be this consistent footballer that he is, head the ball about. They don't really play out from the back. It just gets stuck in. It's really... I'm trying to think of a respectful way to say it, but I don't think that many There's Burnley no fans listen to nothing. This is true. It's it's pub football, yeah. It's it's pub football. It's football. It's hoofed football. It is. But then again, yeah. What I would say in response to that isn't football and improving as a career, trying to identify your weaknesses and then going to where you can improve those weaknesses. So if that yeah. Phillips does want to become a better footballer, go to a better coach and go to somewhere that will teach you how to be a baller because. Yeah. In about three years, four years' time, that type of centre back might be phased out completely. That would, mm-hmm. and we're talking about stuff like Van der Vaart saying Dumfries is too flat-footed. Someone that is looks extremely good on the ball in the Euros is saying is extremely flat-footed and can't play in Spain. So people are going to be looking at technical qualities moving forward. And if he does want to become that upper echelon of centre back, yeah, he should go to somewhere where a coach is going to sit him down, teach him how to use his feet a bit more, so he's not just a brutish get out of their defender. Mm. Yeah. I do want to ask a quick question as well before we move on. Just because I I like taking the piss out of other teams, so let's get it. But um how many teams do you think Nat Phillips starts in in the Premier League? All teams, all centre backs fit, all players fit. Roughly how many? What's the thinker still? Uh, <sighs> I reckon anywhere, do you know what? You can't really base it on this year because a lot of teams have, have, have surprised us. West Ham surprised us. We can't all sit here and say that we were expecting West Ham to do what they did. West Ham with fans are bottom of the league. <laughs> yeah. They they had an absolute blight because their fans weren't in the stadium. Yeah. Touch yeah. for them. Yeah. Total touch because that's, that's one toxic fan group. Yeah. I have to say. Right. Then you look at a team like. Who, who who fell? Who fell rapidly? This it's wherever. So I, I reckon Wolves, Wolves, for example. Yeah, Wolves, Wolves fell rapidly. Rapidly. So in a normal season, I reckon he he would go in and be a starter anywhere from bottom to probably tenth in the league. You lot are mad. Nah, I'm not having this. What do you think, Bro, look at the team. I, I, you know what? Because I've not watched Premier League football for so long, I had to get the league table up. Yeah, I've got the league table up, just looking at it. All right, That's so I'm looking at it. Say this year, this year's been an absolute yeah. madness. It's been... Bro, 
right, all right. But, but all right, respectfully, what I would say is Burnley, Crystal Palace, Newcastle, yeah, yeah. West Ham, Everton. Everton. Okay, what about promoters? Everton, listen, Everton are trash just because they're Everton. Put Everton in there, please. All right, fine. All right, we'll pick. No, all right, right. Fair. Fair. Right, what got um, promoted, yeah? Yeah, what yeah. got promoted. That's five teams because he doesn't get into Brentford, he doesn't get into Norwich yeah, because of the way they play football. Did he play centre back for Southampton? Yeah, all nah. day long. Nah, Southampton. Southampton yeah, the only thing I have a little rebuttal against that is the way they play football as well. Like, they like to ball, and yeah. it will be the same Brighton philosophy in terms of. Can he play football? Can he get yeah. down? Can he actually pass in between the lines and shit like that? Here's one for you if we really want to stick some needle in. Does he play centre back for Arsenal? I can't do that. He's captain for Arsenal, bruv. Because they're man trash. He's captain in Arsenal. Listen, in your fantasy football team, in your fantasy football team, in your fantasy football team, he's scoring maximum points in that <laughs> Arsenal team, bro. I'm telling you. Because horrendous. Hey, Arteta, horrendous. shout out still. Saliba, swap deal. Matt Phillips, we got you still. 100%. I'll take that. All day. It is a wide range of, of Nat Phillips, as we've just seen in terms of where he could land. But he's definitely going to be interesting. And, you know, I think, you know, in my opinion, I think he, he does leave. Uh, you know, and, and all power to him, really. Speaking of potential outgoings as well. Um, one I think doesn't surprise the majority of people. And I actually think it's quite a bold and brave decision uh, from, from, from his, from his viewpoint, to be fair. Uh, Neko, Neko Williams um, wants to leave Liverpool and play more first team football, which I think is completely fair. Um, Southampton are interested, which is quite interesting considering they have Carl Walker Peters and you know a host of other teams. Do you think this is just a do you think this is a wise move for Neko Williams? Uh Fahi, I'm gonna let you lead the conversation on this because I know okay, you've got cool. some very good viewpoints. Uh, uh, right, so, so Nico Williams wants to leave, yeah. This is my thought, this is what I think about Nico Williams leaving. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. If Nico Williams wants to leave, he can go. And I know people at the club listen to this pod, so I have to be really careful about what we're saying. But it's not going to work for him. It's best that he leaves. Yeah, I completely agree. Unfortunately, I'm really trying to work out how to phrase this. Can I? Can I? I don't think he's going to be able to learn on the job because Klopp will not trust him enough to help him grow as a player, pause. So for that reason, it's better he goes and we cash in for nine, ten million and get someone else in. So James. I I would I would happily help him pack his bags. I would probably <laughs> pay for transport as well. I might even drop him off myself. At, at the end of the day, I, I think with Nico Williams, there's two there's two things, yeah. And, and again, not being too harsh because he does possess some qualities, right? I don't think the system we play benefits him. He isn't a right back. He's a wing back. He's Agreed. A I think that's a very good point. Yeah. Wing back. He can't well, wing move to right back, in it? Converted winger, innit? Exactly. He's yeah. a wing back. Yeah. So if we played with a with a three at the back with, with two wing backs, 
he would probably flourish because he hasn't got any responsibilities behind him. And you see that when he's actually playing the game, you see the sheer panic on his face when a man runs off him. He's like, what, I've got to chase him. That's what I've got to do. That. <laughs> Yo, the terror in his face. Terror whenever, he's, whenever he's matched up against PNP, it's just... I remember Lukeman vividly. I remember Lukeman spinning him, sitting him on the floor, and he was turning this around. Lukeman. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. The terror, the sheer look of shock. In it, but I remember games watching him look over the bench like, "What you want me to chase that?" No, 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 I'm not on it. That's what he's like. Bro. Well, if you remember, if, if we all remember um, the game that he played at left back away at Brighton uh, when Tariq Lamptey played, and Lamptey was just, <laughs> yeah, he was giving him absolute fits, um, <laughs> legging oh, him all Nico, over. I swear, Nico looked at the bench and went like this. You know, like in Dragon Ball Z, when um, Go- Goku oh. just al- allows Cell to just beat the living shit out of uh, Gohan, yeah. just yeah, allow him to get stronger. Bad. That was essentially copying that situation from the bench. He's like, nah, you, you're tough. Even worse than that. I think it was when, like, Freezer got Krillin. Yeah. <laughs> in the air, like. Yeah. yeah. Nico's just not ready. And you, you know what's bad about it? James, but I just think Nico's in an unfortunate position where Trent is ridiculously good. And... There's no way that you can come in and deputise for that. Like, we're expecting yeah, we're a certain there. level. Right now, we... So, last season, we were reigning champions. Season mm. before that, we were CL champions. And mm. how do you come in and deputise for that level mm. of quality when you're 18, so 19? You haven't yeah, got so that grip yeah. on the game yet. You've still got so much to do. And yeah. it isn't, for me, a move that suits all parties. We can bring in some more quality there. Um, I don't really want to be spending massive amounts. So this is going to be this is going to be my next question. Mm-hmm. So I think we can all clearly say that a bid of around twelve million gets this done. Agreed. Oh, a bid of nine million gets this done. Let him go. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm, I, you know, we're just going from the reports. They say we get twelve million in. So that leaves us with a bit of a dearth at right back, and let's, you know. We're all assuming as well that Nat Phillips does leave as well. So I think it leaves us one short in that department, considering that we've still got two of the lads coming back from, well, I'd say two of those, three of the lads coming back from, you know, fairly long-term injuries. That Matip one was a little bit worse than we thought. In terms of getting, and then getting in a replacement right back, do you think in terms of getting in someone who can cover cover right back and getting centre-back, you go for a Ragnar Clavan type of centre-back that can kind of, Cover both positions, James. You're, you're you're furiously shaking your head. I'm I'm interested to learn. Oh, yeah, I never I never want to hear that name mentioned ever again. It gives me chills. It gives me chills. Yeah, like like to the bone. Rag Raggy Ragnar Clark, whatever his nickname was. Never ever again do we ever go for something as similar or even like that. In in regards to the right back position, I think we've already got a ready made replacement there. In Joe Gomez, I think. No, think Joe no, Gomez... no, 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 no,
the best right back that we're going to ever see, but he's better than Nico. He's an upgrade on Nico in that position. We can't say he's not. In a game where we're looking for something that's more defensively strong, we've seen Klopp play Gomez there over Trent. I think back to a United game where, where Gomez started over Trent there because he needed something a little bit more defensively sound because we knew that we were subjected to counter-attacks. Gomez can get forward. The only worry for me is, is we don't know what Joe Gomez is going to return after this injury. Personally, I think where Joe is concerned, he's destined for a career like Ledley King. He's, he's destined for that type, kind of career. I can see early retirement because the amount of injuries that this kid is getting, and they're not necessarily muscle injuries, they're impact injuries. They take they take its toll on a player. They're traumatic on on yeah, it's all kind of specifically in the similar legs as well. Yeah. It's not just body, it's not just body, it's mental. It's mental. Because you look at again, look at Danny Sturridge, the injuries that he's had, it wasn't to do with his body, it was a mental thing. He couldn't mentally get over the injuries to push his body to the level that was needed to play in the Premier League for Liverpool. I fear we may see something similar with go Joe, Joe Gomez in the years to come. But in answer to your right-back question, I don't think we'll sign another right-back. I think we go and get another centre-back and it allows us to, to rotate in and out of that position with a Joe Gomez when needed because Trent plays so many games. The best ability is availability and Trent is all over that. It's very rare he's missing. Okay, let me jump in there, please, Chris. So... I'm in the middle of a Clavan type signing and a Young type signing. So this is someone that earmarked in my transfer game. I want to go for Vesalco. Um, I believe he's going to be available on a free transfer. He's just come off the back of winning a La Liga with Atletico. He can play left back and right back. And that is something I was calling for all last season. Somebody mm. who will be able to play both sides because Robbo and Trent tend to play quite a lot of games and you would want to rotate. You would want to keep one in the side at all times, like especially with their creativity. So if I'm removing Robbo, I want to have someone that can still quite contribute to a certain level. I remember saying money year last season, um, but can contribute to something like that without there being a drop-off defensively, because most importantly, you need someone that can defend, especially in defensive positions as opposed to going forward. Um, and I feel like Vesalco will get that covered. In terms of a centre-back, well, so in terms of an in-house solution, so not a centre-back, I think it could be Oxlade-Chamberlain. I think Oxlade-Chamberlain is very versatile. Like um, James mentioned, Klopp likes a lot of players that can play in various positions. I know far he's shaking his head furiously at this, but... Um, but again, Oxlade the injuries, bro. The injuries. injuries yeah, injuries. It's, but like you said, a... with, like you said with Joe Gomez, he's not going to have to play a significant amount of games at right-back. And it yes. will only be few and far between. I feel like what Ox offers going forward is very similar to Trent in terms of being able to get into certain areas to whip in the ball. And he also has PMP over Trent. So defensively, that could aid him going backwards. So if he's coming up against an extremely fast wing, we know Oxley Chamberlain's always been tenacious from his Arsenal days. And he's someone that is always going to fight for the ball regardless of where it is. He's going to try and run himself into the ground. So hopefully he can be our in-house solution. Um, I know there's a 17-year-old, I believe Connor Bradley. Um, I don't really want to see him too much. Like I would prefer 
No, 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 no more in-house solutions, man. Let's just, just, just buy someone, please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't do any more in-house solutions. What about, Billy Cometio? No, no. Can't what about, what about more? What about there? Dare I say we talk, we spoke about someone who can play left back and right back. Like, what's going on with Timikas? Abandon club wants to keep him still. We'll see. See the thing. See the thing with Timikas again. He's a victim. He's a victim of the system. He's not a left back. He's a left wing back. He can't. Do There's things. a difference. There's yeah. a difference. A total difference. Again, a very very good delivery on the ball. Very very good. He was brought for his delivery. Yeah. He can yeah. he can whip a ball in. The challenge is, is we're never ever really going to see that playing with the system that we employ because. He's always going to be looking over his shoulder. And then, like we saw with Robbo this season, his, his number one Cody on that side, Virgil van Dijk, is out. And even Robbo looks scared at times to get forward. So unless you've got someone there solid in that defensive, in that centre-back position, if you're playing a back four, that has got pace, good reading of the game, you can never play a, you can never play a, um, a wing-back or, or, or left wing-back in that position as a left-back. It's just never going to work for you. So... We've got a couple of players which are falling foul of our system. Just a little tidbit, though. I do see us playing three at the back in some games next season. We'll see no, how I, don't it. I don't see it because Klopp said it. I Klopp, don't. Klopp literally said two days ago he hates that system. <sighs> I think you'll do. I think what we'll see for sure. What we'll see for sure is we'll see some. We'll see some four-two-three-one. Um, I think we. I think that's one of the. If if we get the right players in that we want for this for you know in, in this in this window, yeah, you, I think we'll see some four two three one. And I think we'll see a bit more four two four as well. Yeah, but look at it this way. Yeah, you think about it. And again, you guys might want to shoot me down for this. Yeah, but I'll, I'll take it. Ben Davies. He's he's still in he's still in the basement. Yeah. Who? <laughs> 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 He's still he's still at the club, yeah. Let's not forget if you look at his stats from the championship, he's a decent centre back, but he operates on the left of a free. Yeah. He that's his that's where he's most at his his kind of optimum will be the left of a free. Yeah. So I, I I do feel that we could go free at the back. His his crossfield passing and his passing ability is good as well. His range of passing is good as well. So he's a player which may find himself in and around the peripheral of the of the squad. But I think he knows that. Someone tell me they said to him, you're going to get a move to Liverpool and you turn it down to stay at Preston. He's not going to do that. He's going to go, I might, I'm going to be able to play some part in this. And I might pick up a medal or two on the way. Then in three, four years' time, when I'm done being the, the whipping boy, I'll I'll decide I'm gonna I'm gonna move on and actually play some football. Um so I, I think three at the back would suit us as well. Especially with Trent's creativity and Robbo's creativity, imagine them not having to do no real work going backwards. That'd be devastating. It'd be insane. It would suit us. Yeah, yeah, it, it would. That's the main reason I think that we will go to fit the back is to protect Van Dijk and Gomez. Like you don't want them isolated after coming off these long-term injuries because if they are mm. playing the two, and somebody gets at them and they're having to sprint back, like we've seen Van Dijk sprint several times. We've seen Gomez have to sprint several times. You don't really want to do them too much harm. So the three that I'm thinking of would be maybe those two in Canate or maybe dropping Fabinho back in there to fit 
Oh, you're making me sick, man. What is going? What is this? Back in the back. Get out of here. I was in defense of like the three at the back. I said it as well a few weeks ago, but literally, I saw Klopp say the other day he does not like that formation. So for that reason, that's why I said it. That, but, but, but yeah, I, I, I get the logic. I get the logic. Not Fabinho though. Allow that. Just, <laughs> just so we can dream. Just so we can dream for a hot minute. Yeah, man. Fabinho, Fabinho on a right, that could be a madness. He's saying Chris take control. I just want to see the chaos. That's all. Um, Fabinho at the back of a three. You're killing me. The back of a three. Former oh. right back for video. Um, we do, you know, when you, when you do a quick analysis of this Liverpool team, we kind of look at you know, where we do need to kind of rebuild in certain areas. James, we're going to let you go, kind of go first. Really, we, we've yeah. we've done a lot of our midfield chat. I think to the point where we've put a little bit of an embargo on talking about Florian uh, Florian Neuhaus uh, <laughs> on this pod because we've discussed him that bloody much uh, in the past few months. But when you look at the rebuilding areas for, the, for this team, do you kind of naturally gravitate to the attack? Um, you know, when you look at the potential options that we that we have and we need to replace, I I don't see like a lot of people are saying we need some major surgery. I don't think we do. I think we need a little bit of nip and tuck. To be honest, like it's not it's not as bad as everyone's saying it is. I, I I'd like to see another striker. I think that Mane is going to have the season of his life next year. Honestly, I think Mane will come back absolutely firing next year because he's going to have a point to prove. We've got one of the best forward players in world football anyway when you look at Mohamed Salah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So why are we going to go out and necessarily bolster that forward line by way of a star player when we've got a star player? I don't think Mohamed Salah gets his flowers. It's just it's like, And that's not just from rival fans. That's from our own fans as well. We do not appreciate what we have. I also took a bit of stick saying that I reckon Salah could play number nine. I do. I reckon I, he could I've evolve to a number still. nine. I've been saying that still. I, 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 like, to see, I, I like to see Salah in, in, in some games. I think we did it against Southampton, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. We kind of played him in a two up top. And we did. He, was just absolute, he, he was absolutely scintillating. When well, you say thing. that you would like when you, when you like a striker to come into the club, do you have any kind of names who, who you have to hand, or you've been impressed with anyone that you've kind of tracked closely but been a bit a bit more sold on during the Euros, for example? I wanted, I wanted Dakar. I wanted that. Like I wanted that bad. Like, but he looks like he's on his way to Leicester. And fair play to the guy. I think he's looking at it going. I don't want to play second fiddle to anybody. Uh, he can. Go, he knows he can go to Leicester and make an impact and be the main man. Ianacho's had a decent season, but Ianacho's a player that plays in bursts. He's never really consistent. He has bursts. And Dakar could go there and absolutely shut it down. I regret selling Danny Ings. I regret selling Danny Ings because I feel he's a player that offers a lot. His work, his work rate, his tenacity. He he scores goals. He scores all types of goals as well. He's a player which I like. But there isn't anybody from the Euros. Like I know there's a lot of this Isak talk, but I'm not. I'm not over enamoured. What I've seen from him at Sweden, I'm not sitting there thinking that he fits us. I don't think he fits us. Because for me, we'd be getting rid of a problem in Origi and signing another problem later on down the line. 
he's not the type of forward that I want to see. You know, if, if it was me, I'd have a reshuffle. I'd bring Salah in. I'd, I'd start playing Salah a little bit more centrally because if you look at the amount of touches he has in the box, if you can get him closer to goal, he'll score you more goals. And then maybe bring in a wide forward so you can mm. alternate. That's mm-hmm. where that's where I'd concentrate my efforts. And also, I feel like we need to bolster in midfield slightly. There's talk of Telemans. There's there's talk of Newhouse. There's there's talk of Basuma. Um, of the of the three of the three of those, and there's all oh, Gravin Birch as well. Oh yeah. Of the three of them, of the three of them, Telemans is the one that I'd want. Pause. Yeah, yeah, pause that. <laughs> oh, that was dodgy, man. <laughs> Bro, I was watching him yesterday and I was like, he was, play, yeah, he was cool basically cool, playing man. the exact same role that Wayne Alden does for Liverpool. And I'm like, yes. Oh, post. Who, what? Um, you watched the Telemans play the, play the genie role? No, no, Greg Gra- 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 Gravenberg. So I, I watched him after, I've watched him fairly closely after we played yeah. Ajax in the Champions League. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's one of those ones where you see, yeah, profile of player. He's attacking and defensive kind of prowess, complete mm. what it is. 19, you know, you look at it, you bring in a player at his apex looking to develop and knock on to the next stage. And, mm. you know, the way he was playing for the Netherlands yesterday in, in that position that Wijnaldum normally takes up for Liverpool mm. just kind of reaffirms the fact that if you can kind of like possibly do a deal uh, for around 35-40, I think he will stay there for another year. But if you can kind of get something done uh, after the competition that he's had, I think you you definitely look into it. But in terms of the now... Um, We've been burnt with that before. Like, you look at when we signed Naby KR, <laughs> we left him there a year. All the anticipation, the build-up and the this and the that and man just on an injury table all the time. Like, I just... I just don't want to do that ever again. I don't want to be in that position where I'm in the pub talking to my friends going, yeah, you see this Donny? We're signing him and he looks absolutely sick. He turns up and everyone's like, yeah, what about that Donny you were signing? He looks dead. I, I, I just don't ever want to be in that position ever again. Like, if I want to... If we're going to sign someone, get him in now... Get them in with Klopp now. Let's just let's just go all out assault on the Premier League. Revenge tour 21-22. That's what needs to happen. Simple as that. That's what I love to hear. Um Fahi, um, Mark, any guys that you would bring in that you've been impressed with kind of during the Euros? And Fahi, we kind of briefly touched about this uh, uh a little bit last week. Um we'll do a little bit of a you know quick fire. Um, answer because it is it is it is now real Jack Grealish hours um, and we're all kind of like uh, waiting to go to, oh, to go Grealish flavor. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, yeah. So, so based on what I've seen, you know what I, I'm actually going to disagree with James, and I'm actually going to say that um, Isaac did impress me um, purely because he can hold his own, and 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 I, I want a different type of profile of forwards, and yeah, and okay. I th- I think with Isaac. He can hold his own, and he does seem to have a shooting boost based on his La Liga um, record, right? So for that reason, that kind of player um, I, I would be happy with. Um, again, Marlins yesterday looked good. Um, mm-hmm. Again, can't complain. Uh, other than that, I've actually not been too impressed by what I've seen at the Euro so far. But again, it's only the group stages. Everyone's taking it easy. Let's see how the next um, few rounds go. I was looking at um, Isaac's um, Sociedad shot a little bit earlier on. Um, so 40% of his goals uh, are in the six-yard box, which is, you know, pretty impressive. And when you do look at what we lacked, especially from it's last season, uh, 
is that presence where someone is in and around that area to clean mm. up on potential, you know, um, blocks actions and just put the ball in the back of the net. Uh, Mark, who has impressed you so far this year? So you think, um, you know, the potential been linked with and you think can help to bolster this attack? So I completely agree with Fahi. I think Marlon would be um, an amazing addition. Um, I think Isaac would be as well. That's, that's something I've been calling out for quite a while. I remember last season I was talking, well, to begin this season, I was talking about Haaland because I want a big mobile number nine and Isaac seems like he is that. He's got the dribbling for it. He's able to play by himself, play in the two, link up with people around him, go by himself. Like we saw that almost amazing solo goal where he started in midfield or around the centre circle, dribbled past three people and almost scored his goal himself. So he looks good. Um, I do want Gavin Birch. So my ideal transfer window would be six signings. Konate being one of those signings already. Um, a backup right back, maybe another CM, including a new house or a Basuma. Renato Sanchez has kind of impressed me in spells, just in terms of looking at his hold-up play and how he's able to get himself involved in a game in short bursts. But we do don't be don't be fooled by those ten-minute cameos, brother. Yeah, we need to be seeing a lot better sample size from him. But from what we <laughs> do see and like knowing him as a footballer from prior seasons and the last Euros. He does seem like a very, very good technical footballer. Um, I hope he starts against France. I want to see him against a midfield of Kante Pogba, who he would be playing against in the Premier League if he was to come over. Um, and then, yeah, maybe another attacker. I'm going to keep my eye out on some attackers. I know Schick has performed really well, but I've got an anti-Schick policy, man, at the moment. So we'll see what happens. An anti-Shik policy. I'm very interested in that. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that later on. Um, <laughs> I think that's a really good point to, to kind of end the pod, but I think we can all agree that we kind of we are one light in addition to you know Jota within that Liverpool attack, and I think it'd be really good to kind of have a different alternate option that we can have up front to kind of play a bit of a 4-2-3-1 with. Um, James, thank you very much for joining us on this week's pod. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, we should definitely run this back sometime. I've had a lot of fun. Um and tell the tell 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 the lovely listeners where they can find you. Uh, unmute myself. You can find me at Tiago's Father eighty nine on Twitter and on Instagram. You can also find us on at the Red Sea Podcast as well. Number three, <laughs> Never a Foul. Shout out my dogs at Never a Foul. That's the kind of group we're associated with as well. So head over to Never a Foul, like, sub, subscribe, and the fourth one. LFC Day Trippers. We've got a new segment coming LFC Day Trippers in the new season. Keep your eyes locked in for that as well. Red Sea Podcast is going to be everywhere. Guys, I want to invite you guys over to the Red Sea Podcast as well. As a group, individually, whenever you want, you're welcome with myself and my co-host, Simon Scouser, my boy, SS. Got lots of content coming right the way through the off-season as well. So this evening, we've got Transfer Tuesday. Uh, on Friday, we've got our tier list where we'll be discussing left wing backs, all time left wing backs or left wingers for Liverpool. Uh, on s- Sunday, we've got LFC Euro Watch. Uh, and then also, we've got a few new additions coming to the channel as well. So keep your eyes peeled. Keep it Red Sea Pod. It's growing rapidly. But as I said, you guys are welcome to come over anytime. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. It really, really has. We really appreciate that, bro. We'll definitely take you up on that um, on that invitation and do 
head over to YouTube and check out all the great things that Red Sea Pod are doing over there. It is some fantastic stuff. Again, James, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, and thank you to Mark and Fahi for joining me this week. I have been your host, Chris. Um, if you do like what you found on this pod, please do head over to the Patreon page. That is www.patreon.com forward slash cop and fracas and subscribe for just a little as £3 a month today for a, access to a wealth of just phenomenal so content. So much content. Bro, I had to look how many episodes we got on there, uh, both, both written, video, and audio. It's over 100 pieces, and they're all... No, they're eating, man. Our Patreon members are eating, for sure. For, the, for the, just a ch- small price of a chicken and chips meal, you're going to get all of that, all of that wealth. You know what I mean? Good Lord. Um, so do head over to the Patreon page and subscribe today. But that has been your Cop and Fracas for uh, Wednesday, the 23rd of June. I actually got the date right this time. I'm very happy with that. You have. Um, you're you're yeah, a professional, no. man. You're getting so good at this. Amazing. <laughs> I try. I try. Um, and we will see you next week. See you soon. Peace. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.